Welcome to the Back to the Bricks podcast. A podcast about sports, its impact on culture, and the stories inside and outside the lines. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. And we're two friends who tell it as it is. Jump in. We're going somewhere. Welcome back to the Bricks. We are back with some more sports action for you. Justin, it's been a busy week as far as college football is concerned. We'll start right there with your Irish, who are going to, for the first time ever, play, theoretically, we'll say that, in a conference this year in the ACC. They are part of the 10-game conference schedule plus plus one non-con that the ACC agreed to. And they even agreed to divide their TV contract with NBC by by the ACC teams and share that with everybody. So first of all, let's start there. What is your take on Notre Dame playing in the ACC this season? My take with Notre Dame is that I've always said this, and I will continue to say it, they would join a conference when they had to, and they had to. And so it, it makes sense. They were in the ACC and every other sport but football, so it just makes it easier and more natural to just go there for this season. Um, and I'll say this moving forward, if they don't have to, they won't stay. And so um, if the ACC were to make something where they had to stay, then they will. But as I've always said, if when they had to, they will. And they did. And so I think it's fair that they're splitting their NBC money. I mean, I don't, I don't like the comments made by Duke's coach about, you know, we'll take them if they split their money. Like, come on, dude. Like, you're just mad that you can't go sign a contract like that to give you money. Like, that's, that's what it comes down to. Everybody's mad that they can't get a contract like that and they're not Notre Dame. And so if they want to make those comments, whatever. But I like it for the Irish and I like it um, that we get a little bit of the, a conference schedule feel that I normally don't get. So, Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of want to circle back there. Do you think there's any chance for the ACC to lock down Notre Dame even for a couple years? I mean, and the reason I ask that is here's, here's the question, right? Notre Dame has basically had to go undefeated to get to, co- to the college football playoff. Maybe this year we see an, an instance we might have, you know, if we have a season and definitely still think that's for sure up in the air here. But if we have a season, teams in the ACC may play a different amount of games than teams in the Big 12. Then in the SEC, a singular team may play less games because of team spread of COVID-19. So this might be the year one that you see a two, two loss playoff team. I think you're definitely going to see that if we have a playoff. But number two, this might be the year that Notre Dame can lose one, Clemson for example, and then go beat Clemson and Charlotte and you're in the playoff, right? So do you think that with it, maybe with a new path to the college football playoff, Notre Dame may at least consider trying to move to the ACC full-time? I mean, it definitely makes their road easier. And I think any, I think anybody would say they want an easier road um, to the playoff. Just ask the big 12, just ask Oklahoma, right? Everybody wants an easy road. And so um, I, I definitely think that's something they're going to look into. But again, until Notre Dame is forced to do it, why would they? You know, why would they not? The money that they that schools get from conferences, Notre Dame's getting that from NBC, and so they it's not like they need the money. So until they're forced to, until they're continually forced to, why would they? And so, of course, as a fan, I would love it because I would love to see them. You know, win conference titles and be in a race and, and all that kind of stuff and have an easier path to get to the playoff and not have to go undefeated. Um, but I, I, until they're forced to, I don't think they will. And, and I can't blame them either. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only thing to kind of wrap up there that, that could be different for the Irish is if they struggle this year, you know, they, they should have a very good football team. They should be a top 10 team. 
they come out of this and they lose three games, you know, maybe even two games, it might, we might actually have a, you know, legitimate, a legitimate argument that Notre Dame just isn't used to playing in a conference schedule. I mean, I mean, you think about even what comes with playing the same kind of teams every year, same, similar scouting reports, similar personnel, you know, the coaches, you know, the strategies, X's and O's, and you're big into that, Justin. So, you know, those things even in high school football. So they, they do make a big difference when you go from playing essentially a new schedule every year to playing the same kind of teams every year. So that definitely, that definitely will set up differently for the Irish. And, and I want to kind of look real quick at their schedule here. So I'm going to look over here at my notes. But they've got Clemson at home, Duke at home, Florida State at home, Louisville at home, Syracuse at home. They go to Boston College, to Clemson, to, excuse me, to Boston College, to Georgia Tech, to North Carolina, to Pittsburgh, to Wake Forest. It is hands down the hardest schedule on this graphic that the ACC tweeted out. It's not even close. And it's definitely like, I'm going to shake with my one hand, but also smack you in the back on the other here. You're welcome, Irish. You can split your money with us, but you're going to have the hardest road here. And I think that's got to help the Irish when it comes to strength of schedule. But I definitely I – shout out to the ACC commissioner for making sure that they had a tough road to get there. I, I would be shocked if they finished this season undefeated. I mean, you got Clemson. I think Clemson, Florida State, Louisville are all tough games. At least those are in South Bend. But, I mean, even at Carolina, Carolina is supposed to be up this year. I think they're overhyped. That's a conversation for another day. They're still a couple years away. But the Irish are going to have a tough road no matter where you cut it. So – so that leads me to my final question when it comes to college football, Justin. We've seen the SEC, the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big Ten all come out with their different plans. The Big 12 still trying to pretend like they can play 12 games. But, but all these conferences are trying to be realistic here. Do you think when we have a taste of a full conference slate that we're going to want anything else after this? No. Why, why would we? You know, why would we want you know, Alabama going to play? Chattanooga you know like teams like that but here's a here's something else too like teams are going to figure out this is hard like you're not going to want to play 10 11 conference games because I mean they're in your conference and all these teams are you know high level d1 for a reason like even your bad teams are are normally pretty good football teams and so as fans we'll love it because we're going to get to see competitive games every week you know but coaches and athletic directors and players are going to are not going to be the biggest fans of it just because they're going to have to show up and play every week and going back to what you said about Notre Dame schedule I expected nothing different um, with them coming in being the newbie they were going to get the hardest schedule and you know I will say this I'll come out and say this if they do go undefeated even if they lose one it could be the the best season um, Notre Dame's ever had and that's that's high regards just because of the competition that they're they're gonna have to play week in and week out but no we're not gonna want to go back to see normal schedules we're gonna want to see these conference schedules but like I said until they're forced to do it it's not gonna happen because teams coaches athletic directors don't want to see this and don't want the wear and tear every week of having to prepare for a for another high level football team absolutely I think all of that to say it's going to be a weird football season if we have one It'll be unique, and I think it will be really enjoyable. Heck, we might even see several backups and third-string quarterbacks by week three or four with the spread, but it'll be interesting. Hopefully, they do better than the MLB has, Justin. And switching gears to the MLB, we've got all kinds of things going on, but let's start with our beloved Red Legs. Uh, we're off to a crazy 2-5 and five start. We talked about this a few weeks ago on the pod. This is exactly what we thought was going to happen, at least in my opinion. All the talent in the world, all the hype in the world, hashtag take the central in the offseason, and we are who we thought we were, Justin. 
Yeah, I, I tweeted that out last night. Denny Green saying we are who we thought we were. You know, what's what's new with the Red Legs? Um, you know, they've been tweeting out hashtag take the central. I've been tweeting out hashtag win one game in the central. You know, I've been kind of I've been kind of crabby towards the Reds on Twitter. Um, but it's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating. We have the best. We still have the best starting pitching in the in the National League and we can't get it done. Like it's. It's ridiculous. Our bullpen, our bullpen is trash. Um, our lineup, no matter what we say, isn't hitting worth a darn. And so none of it matters. And you know what? All we can hope for at this point as a Reds fan is that the year gets canceled because we don't – I don't want this thing to keep going because who knows how bad it's going to get, you know? And the MLB is leaning towards canceling. Nick, I don't know if you've heard, but, like, it's bad. Manfred's threatening it. Um, it's ugly between the MLBPA and him. Um, things are going crazy. So, is is are they even going to make it to Monday at this point, Nick? Is the, is the MLB even going to make it to Monday? Well, I mean, the the recent reports to go along with that, Justin, are for the TV networks to have other stuff prepared to go next week in case there are no baseball games. I think the I think the plug the plug's going to be pulled. Maybe not Monday, but at least next week. I mean, I th- we've talked about this a little bit off air, but I think I think Rob Manfred this is what he wanted. I think he wanted to show the players that after all the discussions they had and the long holdout on what they were going to do contract wise for the season, that he still knows best and he knows what he's talking about. And it's going to happen because he's got the the Miami Marlins and he's got the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, as we're starting to hear more about how many players have it even today, as we record, he's got two teams that he can say, Hey, this is team spread. You know, the a great percentage of them have it and we're going to have to do something about it. We can't just cancel games. But why not, Justin? If we're going to play 60, let's be honest here. I like even going back to what the ACC is doing. They decided they're going to do win percentage, decides who goes to the title game for their conference. That's what the MLB is going to have to do if they want to survive. That's what the NFL is going to want have to do if they want to survive. You're going to just have to go with whatever happens on the field and then just come up with a formula to create playoffs. It's really that simple. I don't think Rob Manfred wants to work that hard. I think the players are willing to work that hard. But until the players, one, actually operate as if they're in a bubble, and two, until Rob Manfred actually gives 100%, I think the MLB probably stops, if not this weekend, next week. Yeah, he's the worst commissioner in the history of sports. I'm just going to say it. He is – he's trash, hot trash. That is quite, quite some words. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our golfing expedition together last weekend in match play. And speaking of golf, Justin, you know I have to talk about it. Precision Pro Golf, our guys in Cincinnati – Send us over a rangefinder, the NX7 Pro. They just dropped their new NX9 this week, both in slope and non-slope versions. And Justin, we just, we're going to talk about it in just a minute, but we gamed it last week, put it into match play, won two matches with it, really helped us out, really kind of took out the guesswork. So if you need a rangefinder to take your golf game to the next level, make sure you visit precisionprogolf.com and use code BRICKS20, that's B-R-I-C-K-S-2-0, to get $20 off any rangefinder. So, Justin, last week you made your debut on the bag as a caddy for me. It was quite a quite an experience, something we've talked about for a long time. Playing in the, the local golf tournament at the golf course that I work at during the summer. We had our first match on Friday morning at the butt crack of dawn, 7 a.m. We came out, we scrapped a little bit, you know, we hit a bunch of fairways and we did it. And then we decided to turn around on Sunday, play the four seed, and we beat him. We beat him in 21 holes. But first of all, I just I'm interested to hear your perspective on what happened. But I think there's just all kinds of things we could break down here. 
Uh, there is. Um, we we get off to slow starts. That's who we are. You know, we like we like being the underdog a little bit in seed and on the course. So, you know, it's good though. We hit. You know, in match play, if you hit a couple good shots on each hole, you're going to be in good shape, and that's that's all you got to do. And if you putt really well, which which we did on Sunday, it's gonna it's gonna put you in contention in a lot of places. So, um, it was fun. I like walking the course. You know, I like taking our time, calming down a little bit. It helps you helps you keep your head. So. It was fun. It was good stuff. Um, played really well Sunday. Um, played well enough Friday. I think we can both agree to that. But played played really well on Sunday, and so uh, it was good stuff. It was fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know we we're big Jordan Spieth guys. We've talked about that before, and we love his caddy Michael Greller, the former math teacher. So we did our little impression there. Justin was rocking the bucket hat on Sunday. We came out ready to roll. Got got two holes down. Really, really uh, tried to build ourselves a hole, but got right back out of it. Even ended up being two holes up at one point on the back nine before deciding to put a wa- ball in the water on 18 there, Justin, with a, with a good old six iron. But you know what? We fought, and uh, we played the played the first hole three times in playoff action, and then finally hit a three-wood off the tee to about a foot off the green, made birdie, and got out of there with the dub. But I think the moral of the story is when you have when you have your best friend on the bag, he's keeping you psychologically steady. He helps you make good decisions and uh, helps you laugh, and it, it's always good to laugh on the golf course. And uh, can't wait to talk some more golf coming up in the future. A little hint there for you, but that's coming at you. But Justin, fantastic job on the bag. And we'll trans we'll transition right there. My goat of the week, Justin's got to be you on the bag, man. I mean, it was one thing Friday was one thing. I think you walked about uh, 10,000 steps on Friday, but then uh, Sunday you came out with the bucket hat. It was much hotter. It was in the middle of the afternoon. You walked eight or nine miles. You were laboring my brother and uh, you are my goat of the week. Hey, 21 holes. We got to the 21st hole. You're asking me for the three wood. I said, at this point, pull it out of the bag because I don't want to walk 22. So, and then you did the work from there. So, caddy's only as good as the player he's with. Um, If you played bad, then I was a bad caddy. So, you helped me look good. Um, so that helps. I appreciate you asking me. It was a lot of fun. So, oh, absolutely. Um, and we're look, we're looking to look, looking to put it back into play here in the next few weeks with the old Elite Eight matchup. Who's your Who's your go to the week, Justin? My go to the week has got to be Joe Kelly. And look, it's not for throwing at somebody's head or, or any of that stuff. That stuff is not – I don't condone any of that. That's not good stuff. Don't do it. Um, no matter no matter if they're cheaters or not, um, doesn't matter. But for me, it's for his meme. Just for the frowny face and, uh, you know, the crybaby look, that's – it's it's classic. And I will use that um, for however long it is available and I will overuse it probably. And, you know, I'll take some people off using it because, you know, it's kind of annoying him making a frowny face, but it's, it's gold. It's classic. And he, that's who he is, right? He's just, that's, he's hot off the handle. Um, he's just, that's who he is, but that's, that was pure gold. But again, I don't condone any of the throwing at the head. None of that. Um, even if the Astros are big time cheaters in the MLB, you know, let one drop and didn't take their title away, but that I'll let that case rest. Um, but just for the frowny face and for the meme that I'm going to be able to use for the rest of all time. So that was good. Nick, what's your roast of the week? I mean, we already talked about it, but Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, he's going to pull the plug in the next few days. I don't really think he's given it everything he's got. They haven't done their best to create a bubble. They're moving too much. We talked about that in the last episode. It just wasn't set up to succeed. And maybe, maybe it's good for our red legs who have started absolutely horrendously, but the MLB is going to, going to be stopped here. If paused, if not ended here in the next week. And you know what? It's, it's Rob Manfred's fault. What about you, Justin? It is uh roast of the week here. 
going back to my guy LeBron, and my roast is not LeBron. My roast is the people hating on LeBron. The fact that he's in year 17 and the fact that he his game has evolved so much, he doesn't have to score 30 or 40 every game for this Laker team to win. But what he does have to do is play point guard. And if you realize anything about basketball, the point guard isn't supposed to drop 30 or 40. They're supposed to facilitate. They're supposed to put push your speed the way you want to play the game. And when I watch LeBron, that's what he's doing. And so he's not asked to be the guy right now. The guy is Anthony Davis. Dude's a stud, right? But LeBron has the bigger role in making sure the offense flows through him, and he's doing that. And so LeBron's game has morphed into being a really good facilitator of the basketball, a really good pace setter, a really good just – you guys are going to laugh at me – a really good teammate. Um, on the offensive end of the floor, and that's what he's doing. And so you can get off his back about not scoring 30 or 40 a game. You can get off his back about not even scoring 20. What you have to look at is his plus minus, his assists, and everything else that he's doing on the floor. And the fact that in the final five possessions, really in the fourth quarter, he said, get on my back on the defensive end of the floor. And he he took Kawhi on and he took Paul George on. And so that's what you got to look at. In year 17, he's still able to do that. His beard's gray. His hair's gray. He got it colored, dyed, or trimmed, whatever he did to make him look younger after his quarantine self. But you have to look at everything else LeBron's doing, not just his scoring. So get off his back, people. You're my roast of the week. Let the man play. The man, even if you don't think he's the GOAT, he's a top five player of all time, and he has morphed his game into being what this Lakers team needs. So get off his back. I think we got to throw an additional roast in there, Justin. We talked about this with the PGA, I believe. But the NBA has been doing the same thing with TV coverage. Like, what are we doing here? One, if you pay for TV coverage, and I'm going to let you go off here in a, just, in a minute, Justin. But one, if you pay for TV coverage, you should have it. But two, why are we not showing the entirety of a PGA round, the entirety of any NBA game, the entirety of every MLS game? Why are we not showing every bit of sports? We've waited four months without it. We probably won't have it for much longer because of commissioners like Rob Manfred, why can we not see the sports that are going on, Justin? Well, I, I made a joke the other night, and I shouldn't have done this. I made a joke to my wife. We're watching the Lakers game, and they keep showing League Pass as a commercial. And I'm like, why are they showing that? They're gonna Everybody's going to be able to watch every game. Well, little did I know that as I'm trying to watch the games on Friday, I can't watch anything. I have to watch the Orlando-Brooklyn game, which I had to fight to find that. It's on – Fox Sports, Ohio. I'm like, what in the world? And then I go to watch the Brooklyn, or not the Brooklyn, the Portland-Memphis game, which was a great game. I can't find that either because it's blacked out on NBA TV. Why am I paying for NBA TV? Why am I paying for a sports package if I can't watch the games that you're putting on? So I agree. What? Go March Madness style. Put it on NBA TV. Put it on e – what is ESPN showing right now? Nothing, right? Nothing. What's Fox Sports 1 showing right now? nothing put the sports on there let them be shown let people watch it especially if they're paying for it because really it ticks me off so that's all that matters absolutely go off there justin do you, do you have a let's kind of mellow it out here as we finish up do you have a challenge for us this week justin uh we do um i this is big for me too but just you know unplug from social media a little bit there's so much stuff going on um i like twitter because i get to only watch sports stuff and that's that's who I follow is sports stuff. And so when sports are big, I get on Twitter. You know, I've recently deleted Facebook because it was making me upset. Um, just just all that kind of stuff. So 
if, if you find yourself being mad, if you find yourself, you know, if your phone comes up in your weekly report that it gives you and it's way higher than what you thought, get off social media for a couple of days, unplug, you know, hang out with the people around you. Um, just don't be upset about people who post things. We all have different views. We all are afforded those different views. We all can have them um, because of, what, of the country we live in, all those things. But if somebody doesn't see eye to eye with you, getting mad at them isn't going to do anything. And so social media has offered that as a way um, negatively to do that. And so if you find yourself getting mad, just log off social media for a couple of days, let yourself breathe um, and all those things. Nick, you got anything to add there? Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I'm trying to do a little bit more of that this week. I've struggled with it. You know, I struggle with feeling out of the no, um, but it really, when it comes down to it, I'm not missing anything um, super important. Um, and, and honestly, I don't need, you know, need any more critical thinking or critical words. You know, I've got enough of that going on in my own head. Um, and, and, you know, so I think it's, it's super important. Like you said, Facebook's a, a thing for me that I'm trying to get rid of as well. I've been trying to limit even, you know, Twitter, right? See what sports I see and how often I check it, things like that. But it's definitely great um, to make sure that you're using your time wisely. And I think this season has showed um, how poorly I use my time in some areas. So I definitely am looking to get that figured out. But but heading towards next week, Justin, we've got the PGA Championship coming up. We're going to have a special episode headed your way early this week. So make sure you are tuned in for that. And Justin, did you know that you there is a way to help us figure out what we should be talking about on this podcast? You know how you do that, Justin? You leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you tell us in the comments, in the review, what you want us to talk about, what you like that we talk about, and what we have missed at this point. What sports, maybe like the NHL. I hear you hockey people that we need to talk about more. Maybe you want Justin to go off more about the NBA. You need to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you early this week with a preview of the PGA Championship back on the bricks. Thank you for listening to the Back to the Bricks podcast. We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, send this podcast to a friend, or share this episode on your Instagram story. We'll see you back on the bricks next time.